This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. I hope you've had a great weekend. I have. Yesterday was my grandma's 80th birthday party. That's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. A few people are like, yeah, that's awesome. Everyone else, 80, we can go beyond. Um, no, we had, we had our 80th birthday party, and uh, things with my family are always quite funny, I think. Um, uh, I don't know about your family, but my granddad, he went to the toilet at one point, and we had to send search parties to both different toilets of genders to make sure he was in the right one. Um, but my grandma isn't, isn't necessarily the biggest fan of, of surprises, uh, but this was a surprise party for her. We organized a, a really nice cake, and she enjoyed that. She did get a bit emotional. You know, but not in a nice way, you know. She, she was happy for that. Uh, but obviously, you've got to be careful that you don't bring on the spot everything at once because uh, it is an 80th birthday party. Um, but we're in this series right now of compromise. This is the penultimate part of the series. And Daniel, um, in, the part in, in Daniel 11 that we're going to look at today, he's around the age of 80. He's in his 80s. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know what he did for his 80th birthday party, but I hope it was something good. And uh, so we're going to be looking at Daniel 11 today in this penultimate part of com- our series, Compromise. And, um, you know, when, when I was thinking about my grandma's 80th and thinking about the age of Daniel, that uh, Daniel was, who was in his 80s, I think I just this question kept coming to my mind that I thought about before, which is, what do I want to be known for when I'm 80? What do I want to be known for when I'm 80? I don't know about you, but that is, that, I find that a really helpful question. What, what do I want people to be saying about me when I'm 80? You know, I, I'm hoping to still be alive. Um, and what do I want people to be saying about me? You know, Daniel, he was known for his faithfulness. He was known for his partnership with God. He was known for his connection with God. He was known for his, his uh, integrity in his, in his journey with God and his commitment to God. You know, there's some pretty awesome things to be known for, I think. And we're still talking about him thousands of years later. And um, this morning, we want to f- I want to focus on uh, one part of who Daniel was, and it was how his partnership with God. And for us, what is the, p- uh, the power of partnership? The power of partnering with God. The power that we have when we come together and partner with God, the creator of the universe. And we see this man, Daniel, go on a journey. You know, throughout the story of Daniel from his teenage years to when he's in his 80s, we see him go through all sorts of different things, but his partnership with God stays strong. His partnership, his connection with God is strong throughout. You know, he goes through all sorts of different things as he grows and develops. He goes through some tough situations. Being in a pit of lions is a pretty tough situation. You know, seeing some of your friends nearly get burnt alive, as we, as we heard about a few weeks ago, but God rescued them. You know, the king could have killed him off at different points, but yet he remained faithful to God. You know, this guy went through some seriously tough stuff, but he remained faithful to God. And his faithfulness led to a whole nation, a whole nation, one of the most powerful nations the world has ever seen, turn and worship God. You know, in Daniel 6, at the end of Daniel 6, we see this amazing thing where um, the whole nation, the king says, right, you almost worship Daniel's God, our God. You almost worship him. And I just think that's phenomenal, that because of his partnership, because of his faithfulness with God, people, the whole nation have turned to worship God. 
And all because Daniel made a simple decision and a daily decision to be faithful and partner with God. To be faithful to God and to be in partnership with God. And Daniel's faithfulness never wavered. And what I find amazing about partnering with God is that God invites all of us to partner with him. You know, Daniel partnered with God, but all of us are invited to partner with God. And so I want to read from Daniel 11 this morning. Daniel 11, it's, it's going to be on the screen as well, which is uh, always helpful for us. And it says this, in Daniel 11, verse 1, And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took a stand to support and protect him. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took a stand to support and protect him. Just let's have a bit of context. We're going to read some more of Daniel 11 a bit later on. But a bit of context around this is this is set in the same time as Daniel 6 uh, that Joyce spoke about a few weeks ago about Daniel in the, in the lion's den, that very famous story. Uh, and this is set in the same time as that. And what this is, is God speaking to Daniel. There's a, there's a big conversation God's having and revealing some stuff to Daniel. He's giving him a vision, essentially. What it means is he's showing Daniel something of the future. And this is actually two angels having a conversation. This is a moment where these, these two angels are having this conversation in the heavenly realms, this fourth dimension. I don't know if you've ever thought about how angels talk, um, Maybe you didn't. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but I always think they're a bit posh, you know. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just a thing when I was a kid, you know. Oh, Gabriel. Yeah. Just like they're a bit posh. They're from London or something. Um, <laughs> London or something. Somewhere down south. Somewhere south of Manchester. Um, no. But I, I, when I was a kid, I just pictured how these angels would talk to each other. And we have this conversation going on right now between this one angel and this other angel, Michael. Uh, and we're not going to go loads into that, but this is simply what they're saying. Other versions say, I will confirm and strengthen you. I will support and strengthen you. I will help you out the best I can. This one angel is saying to another angel, I am going to partner with you. I am going to strengthen you. I am going to support you. And it's just this beautiful picture of partnership. And for me, this, this whole kind of where this is in the story of Daniel, it, show, it shows this picture of that they're fighting a battle in the heavenly realms and fighting for us. And quite simply, it's this, is that God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. I love that, that God is not fighting against us. He's not trying to drag us somewhere we don't want to go. No, God is, is behind us. He's fighting for us. He's on our side if we choose to be faithful. And it's just such an amazing picture of how we can partner with God. How God, is, how God is fighting for us. He wants to empower us. He wants to equip us with his strength, with his power. You know, God is not a, a passive God. He's not just letting stuff wipe us out, but he's fighting for us. He's on our side. You know, in Exodus 14, verse 14, it says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You know, God is talking to this guy, Moses. He's saying, I will fight for you. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says, Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. And again, that's um, God speaking to another guy, Joshua who was a friend of this other guy, Moses. And throughout the Bible, it's littered with comments like this of God is on our side. God is fighting for, for us as we're faithful 
to him. God is on our side. God ultimately fought for us in the most incredible way of Jesus coming to earth as a baby and then dying on a cross 33 years after that and rising again from the dead. That is the ultimate picture of God fighting for us because Jesus died on the cross to fight for us. Jesus died on the cross so that we didn't have to um, live in, in all that was coming to us because of our mess and the things we got wrong and we all get stuff wrong. But Jesus fought for us. He, he did that for us so that we didn't have to end up in that stuff, but so that we could have eternal life with him, so that we could live the life that he has got for us, so that we could be set free from the things that hold us back, so that we could be the people who he created us to be, so that we could be in relationship with him. God is fighting for us. And I just love that image that he's not wrapping us in sheep's wool either. He's not saying, oh, nothing bad will ever happen to you because life happens, but God is with us in it. You know, he's not, he's not wrapping us in sheep's wool, but he is right behind us as we're taking steps forward. He's right there with us. He's, he's, he's fighting for us. He's empowering us. He's encouraging us to move forward. You see, God is always fighting for us as we remain faithful to him. I just love that picture that we see in Daniel of that. And because of what Jesus has done, we get to partner with God. We get to partner with the God of the universe, with the God who created us. We get to be part of what he is doing. And Daniel was committed to his partnership with God, even in, this, in these adverse situations in captivity. Even in these places that were just so horrible and the toughest situations that he came up against. He stayed connected to God. He continued to partner with God. He partnered with kings that were there, but he never partnered at the level that he partnered with God at. You see, that's the thing. He, he, um, he served the king that was there, but he never served the king as he would serve God. God was always number one on Daniel's priority list. God was always up there on you are my number one partner, God. I am choosing to partner with you. I'm choosing to be in relationship with you. I'm choosing to be faithful to you. He, uh, another kind of image when we partner with someone is like we're tied together, we're connected, we're bound together. We're entwined together as we partner with someone. Daniel was like he was entwined with God. He was that connected to God. He just had that really strong connection with God. He had a relationship that could, it seems like couldn't be broken by the things that were going on around him. And God invites us to partner with him. And the power of uh, the power of partnership is in, is in the faithfulness we give to that partnership. You know, partnership is, you know, if we're tying ourselves uh, together with someone, if we partner in, in a business or, or in marriage or whatever, we're connected, we're strong. But this partnership with God is so much more than that. This partnership with God that he's inviting us to be part of, it's not for us to sweep up after him or polish his shoes. No, the God who created the universe is inviting us to be a partner with him. And he is the lead partner. He is leading us. He is encouraging us. But we get to be a partner with, that, with our God. And that just blows my mind. That actually the God of the universe, the God who created each and every one of us, the God who saved us when he sent his son to die on the cross, he wants to partner with me. And he wants to partner with you. And that is incredible. That he is inviting us to be part of that. To be part of what he is doing. To advance his kingdom. To advance the kingdom of God. Not to advance any other kingdom 
as we see throughout the story of Daniel, but to advance God's kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God can be defined like this. It's the rule, the place where he leads, the reign where his authority is, the royalty where God is lifted high, and the realm where his presence is. You know, that is the kind of kingdom that God is building. It's full of love. It's full of grace. And we get to be part of building that kingdom. We get to be part of partnering with the king of that kingdom. We um, have the privilege of being part of that. And we get to partner with him in it to advance his kingdom. And our partnership with God, it carries weight because God empowers us through that partnership. This is a partnership that can change the world. You know, when we partner with God, there's a, God isn't just going, oh, you just, you just do the, the, you know, just a little tidying up jobs, you know. He's like, no, you get to partner in what I'm doing, what I am up to. You know, what I'm up to across the world. And Daniel partners with God, and he remains faithful to that partnership. He remains faithful in his partnership with God. And God remains faithful to him. You know, our faithfulness in our partnership with God determines the effectiveness of that partnership with God. Our faithfulness in, the, in our partnership with God affects our effectiveness in that partnership with God. That actually, if we want to live a significant life, then we have to be connected to God. We have to uh, be connected to him to do significant things in life, to live the life that we were born to live. And the power of partnership is in that faithfulness. Because God is never going to stop being faithful to us. And I just find that amazing about our God. And so we see that amazing image of partnership right at the start of Daniel 11. But the rest of Daniel 11, it's about a massive lack of partnership. It's about a, a bunch of people, a bunch of kings who decide not to partner with God. Who choose not to partner with him. Who, who say, actually, no, we're going to do our own thing. And they end up having division and wars and and all sorts of destruction and death and, and um, people being devious and there's all sorts of battles going on. Alliances are made and then someone goes behind someone else's back. This is the kind of thing that it describes in Daniel 11 that would happen and it did. And that's all about a lack of partnership. The, the, the kings couldn't even partner properly with each other, let alone partner with God. And the, throughout that, there's just this amazing verse in Daniel 11, verse 16. It says, the invader will do as he pleases. No one will be able to stand against him. And he will establish himself in the beautiful land and will have power to destroy it. You see, in the midst of the chaos, there's something beautiful. That actually that beautiful land was the promised land. The the land that God had promised to the group of people, the Jews in that time. He'd promised that place. And he continues to protect that place to an extent so that actually they can eventually get back there. In, in, uh, throughout the Old Testament, we see the, the old part of the Bible, we see this story of actually uh, the, the, the Jewish people like, struggling. You know, they get kicked out and then they're back. And, but it's all to do with their faithfulness and their partnership with God. And you know, whatever situation we're going through, there can be beauty found in the middle of it. You know, God's promises and purposes never disappear. God's promises and purposes, no matter what we do, they never change. That was still the place they were promised. And for us in our lives, the places and the things and, the, uh, and whatever it is that God has promised to us and the purposes that God has got for us, they are not going to change. 
And I just find that such amazing that God is not changing. He is remaining faithful. He's given us promises. And this is an amazing picture of God's faithfulness to us. Because his promises aren't going to change. Whatever the stuff that's going on around us, God works it for good, it says in Romans 8, verse 28. It says this, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, whatever situation we're going through, God is, wants to draw the beauty out of it. Wants to draw his promises and purposes out of it. You know, whatever might have happened to us, whatever people might have said or done or happened around us, God's purposes can come through. God can bring something good out of that. God can bring something beautiful out of that because his promises never fail. You know, this morning, I don't, I don't know about you, but I want to grab hold of God's promises for my life, for God's purposes for my life. And that actually the stuff that's going around me, whatever situation it may be, I know that God is remaining faithful. And so then I have a simple decision to make. Am I going to remain faithful to him? And that is the decision that Daniel made on a daily basis. Because in our lives, we can either work together in partnership with God or not. And what happens when we don't work together with God is that just what those kings happen, there's division and destruction and all sorts of even, uh, just things seem to spiral and we just get stuck in a, in a cycle of, of, of life that we don't want to be in. And then God it just wants to reach out and say, I'm fighting for you. I wanna, I, I'm faithful to you. Do you want to be faithful to me? And you see, Daniel had some key uh, values that he carried in his faithfulness with God, even though all around him there was a lacking of faithfulness and a lacking of partnership with God. And you see, the kings in Daniel 11, they lacked three key things. They lacked three key things. In Daniel 11, verse 3 to 4, it says, Then a mighty king will arise who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. After he has risen, his empire will be broken up and parceled out towards the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the power he exercised, because his empire will be uprooted and given to others. See, they lacked partnership. They lacked partnership with each other. You know, this is one example from Daniel 11 of where these kings just didn't partner properly. They didn't partner with each other well, never mind with God. The second thing they lacked was faithfulness. It says in Daniel 11, 5 to 6, it says, The king of the south will become strong, but one of his commanders will become even stronger, and he will rule his own kingdom with great power. After some years, they will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to make an alliance, but she will not retain her power, and he and his power will not last. In those days, she will be betrayed, together with her royal escort and her father, and no one and, and sorry, and the one who supported her. You see, they made alliances, but quickly people broke them, and people were devious, and people went behind each other's back. They lacked uh, faithfulness. And then they also lacked another thing, which was in Daniel 11, verse 36, it says, The king will do as he pleases. He will exult and magnify himself above every god and will say unheard things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of, of wrath is completed, for what, he, for what has been determined must take place. You see, that king was all about lifting himself up, profiling himself, 
not putting God above the situation, not putting God above himself. And in Daniel 11, verse 45, a similar thing happens. It says, he will pitch his royal tent between the seas at the beautiful holy mountain, yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. No one will help him because he's chosen to exalt himself. He's chosen to put himself above everybody else and even God himself. And because of that and because of the way he was living, he ends just his life with no one around him, no one to help him. You see, those kings, I don't want to be like those kings. I don't want to lack those things. You know, because they lacked and compromised. They compromised on values that Daniel carried. So let's look at how Daniel had a different spirit. How he lived a devoted life to God. How he he was fully devoted in how he lived for God. He, He was not compromising on his relationship with God, on his partnership with God. You know, he wanted to live in the life that God had created for him. And if we choose to live by these things, if we say, actually, I want to live like Daniel did. I want to live a life where my partnership with God is just so strong. Is that I'm tied up with God. I'm, I'm so connected to God. That actually the potential that God has got for me, that's where I'm beginning to live in. You know, the life that he's created for me, that's the life that I'm living. You know, I experience all of God's love. I experience all of that God's got for me. By living a similar devoted life to Daniel, like Daniel did. And I think Daniel had three, three main things that we see uh, uh, highlighted in Daniel 11. The first key thing was his partnership with God. His partnership with God. He never compromised on who he partnered with. He chose to partner with God. And I think there are two very important partnerships in our lives. There's our partnership with God and our partnership with others. You see, our partnership with God can be incredible. Our partnership with God can be so strong. And actually, the God who created the universe can empower us and equip us and work through us. So that actually, whatever we come against when we're in partnership with God, there's no limits to what God can do. There's no limits to how God can help us. You know, as we partner with God, it's things like partnering with his church. It's partnering with what he's about. You know, as we serve God uh, and serving others, uh, as, we, as we worship him, as we love others, as we give, as we, um, as we get involved in different people's lives, as we pray, as we choose to make steps forward in our partnership with God, as we grow closer to him. You know, I love what it says in the, in, in the New Testament, the new part of the Bible, where it describes that some of Jesus' first followers a few years later as the people that turned the world upside down. The people that turned the world upside down. You see, when we partner with God, there aren't any limits. There aren't any limits to what can happen. And God was about turning the world upside down and saying, actually, this is not the way it should be. You know, the world should be about love and grace and hope. You know, these are the things that were turning the world upside down as these people began to go around in partnership with God. And I just love that image. You see, when we partner with God, there aren't any limits to what can be achieved. But then we've got to think about how we partner with others. How do we partner with other people? Our, partner, our partnership with others should always lead us closer in our partnership with God. Our partnership with other people, as we build relationship with other people, as we, as we serve with other people, as we do life with other people, those people that we're choosing to have, a, have a, that close connection with, that partnership, I don't believe it should ever draw us away from our partnership with God. Those partnerships always draw us closer 
to our connection with God. You see, Daniel never compromised on who he partnered with, and neither should we. We need to ask God for wisdom and be careful in who we partner with. You know, I love a story in Luke 5. It says this. It's going to be on the screen. This is, um, this is Jesus just been talking to a large crowd. When he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who was a, a fisherman, put out, your, uh, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And for me, this is an amazing image of choosing the right people to partner with. Because when you're partnering with God, and God is up to something, and you're doing something together, you're turning the world upside down together with God. You're bringing love and hope and grace into people's lives in partnership with God. Sometimes God just does something that's so much bigger than uh, just us, and we need to call other people and say, hey, let's, let's do this together. You know, God's up to something. But if we haven't got those right people around us, then it's not going to work. You see, they're called to their partners in the other boats. We've got to think about who we partner with. We've got to think about how we partner with other people to see God's kingdom advanced. And it can never draw us away from our partnership with God. You see, we have to make a decision every day to partner with God. We have to make a decision to actually say, God, am I just going to say hello to you on a Sunday or am I going to partner with you? Am I just going to say hello to you on a Sunday or am I going to partner with you? And that's a decision that we have to make. The second thing that Daniel had was that he remained faithful. You know, whatever situations were going on around him, he remained faithful. Even when the odds were stacked against him, he remained faithful. And I think sometimes there's a temptation to have ADHD faith. You know, ADHD is, um, I forgot what it stands for now. (laughs) I got distracted. Uh, Attention deficit and hyperactive disorder. There we go. I just got distracted. I call it flying bird syndrome. You know, if a bird flies past, oh. Um, But sometimes our faith, there's a temptation for our faith to be like that. You know, sometimes we can think, oh, look, there's the next coolest thing. There it goes. And we forget about the thing that God wants us to be faithful to. You know, there's so many good things going on around the world that we can get distracted all the time. But actually, we've got to make a decision to say, I'm not going to have ADHD faith. I'm going to have uh, faith that sticks around. That I'm going to stick around. I'm going to have faithfulness in my journey with God. You know, I would define faithfulness like this. It's our faith in God plus our obedience to God. It's our faith in God and our obedience to God. We're believing for what God can do as we partner with him, but we're sticking with him. We're partnered with him. We're tied up with him. We're connected to him, just as Daniel was. And God wants us to raise our eyes and raise our posture to see what can be. He wants to lift our eyes. He wants to lift our faith and say, this is what we can do together. And God is calling us out of what seems stable and what seems ordinary to something that's extraordinary. To something well beyond our wildest dreams as we partner with him, as we stay faithful to him. 
You see, faithfulness is what enables us to go even further with God as we follow his leadership, as we step out in faith. And I remember um, on this stage, it may have been the stage in the other building, but someone once said, our effectivity is in our longevity. Our effectivity in life is in our longevity. You know, if we stick around, then we see God do some of that stuff we've been praying for, that we've been believing for, that we want to see changed. You see, our faithfulness leads to uh, achievement, leads to stuff happening when we stick around long enough. And, and sometimes we think, oh, it's just a lone wolf thing. I just have to be faithful on my own. I have to believe for God on my own. No, there's a room full of people right here who are saying, I, 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 you know, that we can, we can be faithful together. We can believe for what God can do together. And that can ignite us together to commit to be faithful to what God is doing, to what God is up to in the life of this community as we partner with God together. So let's encourage each other to stay faithful, not to have ADHD faith. You know, how far could our faithfulness take us? You know, how can we make an impact because of our faithfulness? And the third thing that Daniel had was that Daniel remained humble. Daniel remained humble. But what is true humility? Well, C.S. Lewis said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking about yourself less. You know, I don't believe humility is just uh, saying to ourselves, oh, I'm rubbish, you know, life sucks, or, oh, oh, and then making that noise. But it's actually, it's, it's not thinking less of ourselves, it's thinking about ourselves less. And Daniel carried this kind of humble spirit. And because he knew who God had created him to be. See, our security in who we are, because sometimes we have insecurities. We go, oh, what will people think if I wear this shirt? Or what will people think if I do my hair like this? I don't, I don't know who would ask these questions. Um, you know, oh, what about this? Or what will people think if I say this? Or, no, God wants us to be secure in who he's created us to be. And Daniel had that, and that's why he had humility, because he didn't have to think about himself like that all the time. He was secure in who God had created him to be. And our security is in who God has created us to be. And so when we discover more of that, we can have, this, we can have more of this humble spirit. We can carry this humility that Daniel carried. And so that actually our lives point to God. You see, Daniel's life pointed to God. He was flattered in different situations, but his life always pointed back to God. His life um, focused on God. It, it enabled people to see who God really was. And I find that absolutely amazing. So what are we willing to leave? Uh, you know, our insecurity. Are we willing to leave our insecurities behind and live in who God has created us to be? Because that enables us not to think less of ourselves, but think about ourselves less. And what I love about all of this, about the fact that Daniel was committed to these things, is that he grew in influence. Because of the way Daniel lived, he became the prime minister several times under different kings. He became the second in command in the whole nation, a captive in a foreign nation. He became the number two guy. And I believe it was because of his partnership with God. And as we partner with God, God will move us into positions of influence. God will put us in places where we can be a greater influence to see his kingdom advanced. Because of our faithfulness, because of our humility, because we carry these things. We can see people's lives changed because then all of a sudden we're in a place of influence and we can impact more people 
with, by partnering with God. We can see more people's lives turned around. And I just find that amazing that God used this guy, Daniel, this teenager who ended up in captivity to be the number two guy in a nation, to see a whole nation turned around to worship God. Imagine if that was your workplace. Imagine if that was your school. Imagine if that was your street. Imagine if that was the whole town. Imagine if that was the whole town that you live in. Imagine if that was the whole of Lancashire. Imagine if that was the whole of the Northwest. We can, we can keep going. Because when we partner with God, there are no limits. There are no limits to what we can do with God as we partner with Him, as we, as we see His faithfulness to us. And then we say, I am going to be faithful to you, God, in my partnership with you. And because when we partner with God, there aren't any limits. That's the power of partnership. That's the power of partnering with Him. And this is the whole band, uh, come and join me. You know, we can only partner with God because of Jesus. We can only partner with God because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The fact that Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, and enabled us to be free in the lives he's created us to live, to put the mess uh, and the stuff that's gone on our life behind us and say, actually, I'm going to live the life God's created me to live, to live the life that he wants me to live because of what Jesus did on the cross. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.